one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Flats and Shanks podcast. I'm Tom Shanklin. I'm a horse, Tom Shanklin. I'm a little bit tired, Tom Shanklin. I'm a little bit broken, Tom you Shanklin. I'm a, a little bit sketchy, Tom Shanklin. I've still got a little bit of anxiety, um, Tom Shanklin. But I'm here. Is your anxiety Hong Kong related? It is. It is. Mm. Uh, my voice is just about coming back. It's taken a couple of days. That's not the reason why we're late. We're late due to schedules in our busy CEO lifestyles. That's why we're late. Yeah, I mean, it's global, and it? It's gone global now. Oh, man, it's, um, yeah, it's, what's bigger than global? Universal. Universal. I mean, it's gone galactic. Yeah. It's gone intergalactic. Yeah. Um, things are on the up. Goodness me. Gee uh, whiz. Can it get but, bigger? Yeah, it probably could. Hmm. Yeah, so you've been in Hong Kong. Let's just let's just go straight to it, boy. Let's just let's just talk about because you and I haven't spoken about Hong Kong properly yet. So let's just get it out in the open, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I went to Hong Kong, mate, and it was good. And if you want to know what's on there, you should come because I won't do it justice. But a big thank you to Martin Murray, the CFO of Cathay Pacific, for for flying me out there and for. Putting me up in a lovely hotel. Um, in return, he got my wit, my looks, um, my belly, yeah. and um, and that's probably about it. Have you got a belly now? Uh, it's coming, mate. It's coming. But I ate a lot. I ate a lot. Did you? Yeah. What like? Is it nice food out there, or are you just so drunk that you just you got the you got the munchies? No, we had a lovely round of golf at a place called Sheko, and that was an incredible place. Yeah. And that was a, a nice sort of long lunch. We had a, a nice round of golf there. I played against Scott Hastings and a guy called Peter. I played with a guy called Bruce Ingram. And yeah. we lost, but the wine, the red wine, and it was like a lamb and with pastry on it. So like a beef wellington, but it was lamb. Like a lamb wellington. Almost. I, I hope I wasn't drunk and it was actually beef, but it definitely tasted like... <laughs> Like lamb, but it, oh, mate, it's been a, it was an amazing trip. On the flight back, we um, we stank the plane out. It was just alcohol seeping out of people, seeping out of the boys. Like Goody was next to me, Chase Lennon was in front, Jim was around there somewhere. Um, oh. Yeah, Andy Nick. It was just like seven, six. Shane Williams, six, seven boys who were just on a come down. Is it? So it's a twelve. It's a twelve-hour, fifteen flight, mate. Guess how long I slept for on the way back? Six hours. Ten. Wow. Have that. That's amazing. Have that. 
have some of that up here. Yeah. Thing is, thing is, fella, I do. This is a genuine question, all right? Yeah. Does there come a point when you don't want blowouts like that anymore? Uh, yeah, probably after the second day, mate. I've had enough, oh. <laughs> but but you're only sort of three or four beers away from feeling okay again. You yeah. just you get to the point where you just keep yourself at that level, right? You don't want to go below it. You don't want to go too far over it. You just keep yourself yeah. at that happy medium. Um, but I, I tell you, the last day though, boy, I was just I was a goner. I was a goner. The voice had gone. I was trying to chat to people in in some of the swire boxes, and I, you know, I just I couldn't get words out, and I I didn't have a loud enough voice for people to be to hear me. And then the, the worst thing was right when we uh, came to get taxis from the hotel to the airport. They were they were provided for us, and I was just checking out, and it was with Andy Nickel and his uh, daughter and a friend and Jace Leonard and me. And there were two identical sort of people carriers. And Jake said, you were me, Shanks. We got our own one. Andy's going with the girls in that one. I thought, oh, great. Thanks, uh, Cathay, for putting on two cars. The airport's about 40 minutes away, 45 minutes. We get halfway and the taxi man gets a call. And we've gotten the wrong taxi. Jace Leonard has just said yes to any name this taxi guy's thrown at him. And we've had to go all the way back to the hotel to get out. Mate. And it's like a six seater and there's three guys there who are fuming, waiting for their taxi ride. And we luckily Mate. luckily we're with the best, smoother, fluffer man in the world in Leonard. Yeah, who the just leopard. they knew him straight away and he's like, Oh I'm sorry, lads, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Lads, um, lads, sorry, lads. And then just at the end he went, Is there room for two more? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "No, mate. No, we'll leave it. We'll leave it." And uh, we got we got a taxi, which we had to pay for. So, no. thanks, Leonard. But we pay your no, own money. We went halves. Yeah. Um, is it just? Are you just smashed all day and all night for five days? No, you're not. You're not smashed. You like you go as much as you want to. Uh, so you do what you want, but it's hard to say no. You know, you go out there, and there's. We went to the Doddy dinner. On uh, Wednesday night, we arrived Wednesday night. Yeah. We went to Dolly dinner. It was fantastic. Dolly was up on stage. Was he was brilliant. Honestly, the best I've ever seen him. The funniest I've ever seen him. He's a funny bloke. Yeah. Billy Connolly was there as well, and you, you don't get bigger than that. Both led in. Wow, by, Billy Connolly was yeah, there. Both led in wow. by uh, bagpipes. Wow, awesome! Yeah. And all the boys were there. It was the who's who, minus you, obviously. Uh, but it was on, it was a great evening. You had all the boys on stage doing a bit. They were going to do a chat with myself and Shane Williams about the Grand Slam. Uh, they wanted some yeah. winners there, but there wasn't enough time for that. And out of respect, you know, they they binned us from the itinerary because we. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was, there's just stuff. Every... Could have been Alfie that had got him up there. There's... <laughs> there was stuff. Every, there's stuff every night that sort of goes on there's lots of dinners there's lots of luncheons but you go to the sevens and then you, you box up and you you have pims or you have beers or whatever you want really mate and you just have a chat with people and you see a lot of the same faces but if i if were i out there tommy yeah would you would people like you and leonard peer pressure me into Drinking so much that no, I was sick. No, no, not at all. Do you it's, promise? No, it's not like that, mate, at all. You, you sip away in the uh, in the boxes. You're not in, like, drinking games or rounds or anything like that. You're just having a right. chat with people. And you box up. There's sort of three or four boxes. It depends what you do, mate. You know, there's everyone's floating around on sort of the mid-level. Does Big Lowell do box hopping as well? Uh, he was there with BT. So Really? I'm not sure. Yeah, he had a, he had a bit of a big night, I think, with uh, Rio Ferdinand on the last night. So he was on the same flight as us. And oh, Rio was in Hong Kong, was he? Yeah, he was the last Thanks night. Thanks for the invite, Rio. Thanks yeah. for the text, mate. You know, um, you know, all the posh people get little golf buggies from the airport lounge to the terminal. Yeah, we got on one with Rio. Of course you did. He was in a velour tracksuit. Oh, it was nice as well. I want to get oh, one. Of course it was. I want to get one. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my new travelling gear. Uh, please get a peach-coloured one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a cat suit. But, mate, everyone was out there. Like, the amount of boys you bump into. Like, Tom R. Castanier was out there. 
Was he? Yeah. He was little floating Tommy. around. Yeah. Monsange, the little monkey. Georgie Gregan was out there with HSBC. And, of course he was. Yeah. I mean, him, Trico, um, Habana, and uh, who else? Who else? Who's on it? Um, mate, Greeks can sink some piss, mate. Yeah. They get... He's hollow. That's the main gig, mate. That's the main gig. That's the big one. Apparently, I don't, I don't want to blow the tone of this pod because that's you know other pods might feel okay with that but we feel self-conscious about that don't we but i'm led to believe that george gregan does actually have a quite unusual but capacious um is capacious the word anyway capacious a large beer storage facility within his body um so you think you say i don't know he drinks so much he's such a little bloke i don't know where he puts it apparently he's got somewhere to put it yeah yeah no um, that's okay. true but it was um, yeah. a fantastic time mate but I'm I'm glad to be home I've been I Hong Kong I bet you are fella I've been Hong Kong do, do you have to um, <clears throat> when you get back is it like right here are the children and you're like oh hi kids uh, a little bit like that but you know I'm a great father so I love it you are actually yeah. you are yeah yeah a, um, what have you been up to? You know, you know I said a couple of weeks ago on this pod let's get our kids together let's meet up and you just you've never mentioned it since I couldn't. I couldn't do it the weekend my dad was down. That like you said. I think I might have mentioned that, but yeah. Oh, sorry. Your dad played for Wales. Sorry about that. <laughs> my dad got four I'd cups lo- of Wales. Whatever. I'd love to go to Hong Kong. But the thing is, fella, I'm contracted to be here for the Premiership stuff, and I love doing that stuff. So it's. But you, is could you could I go out on like the Tuesday and fly back Wednesday? Fly back on the Saturday, so I'm home in time for work. Or? Yeah, you could get back Sunday morning. I don't know if you'd fancy work, but. You could would, get, I, would I fancy Franklin's Gardens? <laughs> you could you could get back. Yeah, because it was a pretty decent game. Wasn't it? It was actually. Yeah, it was, yeah. And, um, and the game would give you adrenaline. Once you you know what you're yeah. like. You know what you're like when you get to a game, you know, the adrenaline starts oh, flowing. You could be knackered, oh. you could be ill, but the juices start flowing for you. I can see it. You just light yeah. up. And like five minutes before kickoff, I'll rip your arms off. I'm, I'm not going anywhere near you. I'll snap your neck. You know what I'm like before kickoff. Uh, no, completely. Your eyeballs, All the dinners are, are early. They're like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The seven starts on a Friday. And uh, it does much or as little as you want. Okay, fella. Mm. So bear it in mind next year because there's some good boys that go. And it's I'll fun. Have think. All right? I'll have a think, fella. Um, Bring a couple of books, though, just in case you find yourself short of things to do out there. Really? No. No, um, I don't. I know it's not a competition about who's been up to the best stuff this week. But you went to Hong Kong, great. I mean, I went up with the Red Devils and did a parachute jump. What? All right, technically I didn't, but I didn't do that. Basically, I went to the Red Devils base down in Salisbury. Yeah, and I was due to go up in a plane with the Red Devils and do a pretend parachute jump, like get all the gear on and pretend to jump out but actually do that thing where the Queen jumped into the Olympics. Do you remember? Where yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, pretend thing. So I've I've got this thing. I won't say which event it is because that ruins the surprise for so everyone. So you but, were going to um, jump out and Pavarotti was going to parachute in. <laughs> you mother... No, so it was all... But I said, look, I'll do the jump. I'm, I've got vertigo. I've never trained. But if you if you show me how to do it or give me the lessons or whatever, I'll do it. Like for the something you... I always think it's one of those things like... Again, I've I've got really bad vertigo. Yeah, I really don't like heights at all. But I'm doing a hot air balloon ride next week with my daughter, with Sophia, for her ninth birthday present, which she's really excited about. And I'm, I will be very uncomfortable, but yeah. she will love it. And I will, I think. Well, you know, as my dad said, psychologist, at least you can, at least if you die, you die together, which is a really good point. Or maybe, um, or maybe like face your fears might have been better advice. Yeah, and at least there's one parent left. One parent and one kid left is what my dad said. Mm-hmm. He's got a really good point when you think about it. Yeah. So I'll do that. And I said, I will do the Red Devil thing. And they're like, are you serious? We just wanted you to go up and fake it. But if you want to do it, that would be amazing. I said, lads, let's roll. Like, if you want me to get there early or do a couple of days training, I will do it. And it's all for charity, so whatever. And do this funny video, big video around it and all that sort of stuff. Let's do it. Anyway, got there bricking it the night before yeah and it was raining so the plane couldn't go up oh yeah so we we did it in a hangar anyway um so a bit of an anti-climax still managed to take seven hours somehow but it did and 
Um, not only that, but it turns out that they'd forgotten to tell me, but I wasn't going to be able to do a jump anyway because I'm just very, very slightly over the weight limit by oh. about 30 kilos. Um, are you doing this to get a free plane? Is that why you're doing it? <laughs> you, I've already uh, got a plane. A bike isn't enough. I've already got a plane. A Triumph isn't enough. A Range Rover is not enough. You want the full shit. You want a plane. I, I don't get, just so you know, I don't get a Range Rover or a Triumph for free. You want to be anywhere FYI. in the world in 24 hours. That's I ref- I refuse to queue ever again at an airport. So I've got my I've now got my own plane. Can I come on it? <laughs> of course you can, boy. Oh, um, my mum did a parachute jump recently. Did she? Yeah, she's been travelling the world. Um, you know that she takes you enough. I know that, of course. Yeah, some she of the did have one. you seen the pic? Anyway, carry on. Sixty-eight years old, jumped out of a plane in Australia. Oh, well, again, it's one of those things. If it goes badly wrong, she's lived sixty-eight years already. Yeah, yeah. You mentalist. That's what I said. Yeah, so. you're mad. You absolutely. Uh, How did I, you enjoy it? Uh, I've not spoken to her. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'll ask her on WhatsApp later. Uh, I did. A, I did a Land Rover thing that night. Actually, speaking of Land Rovers, just down at down at the local sort of dealership down here. So we had. Um, Basically, it's just, it's just a standard like a dealership Q and A type thing, an evening for customers and stuff. But as I live here, they said you you know, may as well go and do that. You lose her. So yeah, we had Todd Blackadder. It was a Bath thing because they sponsor Bath Rugby this dealership. So it was, but Todd Blackadder, um, Charlie Ewells, Rory McConaughey, who on the wing as the winger, by the way, who's absolutely absolutely brilliant. Since Probably going to play for Scotland or England. His choice. It, he is he is properly good, I reckon. And um, Freddie Burns. Okay, and it was I won't I won't bore you with anything else on it. I won't tell you all the details because it's you don't I don't need to. But it there was one point we had a question where it was like, what happens if you go down? What happens if not? Not that Bath are going to get relegated because they're not. But it's like when you go down, how bad is it? And we're joking about it. And Todd was like, yeah, it's not ideal because of this, this, this. And Freddie Burns just pipes up. T, what I might get a game if we went down, or I might, I might get more than five minutes a week if we went down. And Todd laughed and went, no, you wouldn't, mate. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> and, then, and then it was a brilliant burn. And then, um, and then there's this this new initiative uh, from the RFU has come out, and I just happened to do a tweet about it yesterday because I read it and thought that is a properly good idea. So, up to the age of eighteen, I guess representative rugby, which is a tiny percentage. Yeah, of, I saw that. Yeah, that might be different, but club rugby and school rugby and stuff. Up to the age of eighteen, everyone who turns up gets half a game. Now, if you've got forty lads that turn up, there's some maths to do. But presuming you haven't, you've got 30 lads or fewer. You know, if you've got over 30, then fine. But everyone gets half a game. Everyone who turns up, everyone who wakes up excited on a Sunday to play rugby should play rugby if they are a kid. And I, I wholly support that. Anyway, Freddie Burns just tweeted it and said, can we make this a rule in the professional game as well? <laughs> just so we can get half a game here or there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very good for Fred, that. Yeah. Very, very good. Just wants to play, doesn't he? Just wants to play. Um, yeah, pretty pretty quiet week, boy, because um, last week, because my girls have been skiing. I couldn't go because I had a couple of, bit of bits of work to do. So they went skiing to south of France with their grandfather, with their opa. He's Dutch. Thanks, um, opa. So they, so they went without me, which is which is uh, right and good. And um, they had a great time. Um, but I was, I did a, I'd done a dinner. I went to, RGS High Wycombe, which is a school that I played against at Dulwich and battered them from memory. Yeah. Uh, but I did it with Jason Robinson, and it's a big annual fundraiser. We raised a load of money. It was really, really nice. And the microphones broke. So we ended up with one lapel mic, which was clipped onto my back pocket. And I had to hold the little tiny, you know, it's like yeah. a tiny little bit of wire beneath the mic. And I had to hold that and then pass it to Jason between each question. And he couldn't move anywhere because he was attached to my back pocket. Um, and usually that would ruin it, but it was quite funny. Um, and this bloke, I've forgotten his name. I, I promised myself I would remember his name and I've forgotten it. Uh. But this gnaws at the dinner, right? There was, it was actually really good fun. And um, this absolute gnaws. I got back to the table. I was sitting next to Jace. And this bloke's got his phone out. He's like, watch this, watch this. And Jace looks at me and he doesn't give me that look, which is like, oh my God, this Muppet. It gives me the look that's like, this is what it's like, mate, being me. And... This guy's literally showing him his best tries that he's had his mum film and it's on his phone. And he's like, watch this, wait for it, wait for it. It's a couple of phases, wait for it, wait for it. Boom, gone, gone, smoked them, gone. And I, was, I tapped myself, I said, mate, are you serious? 
a you and Jace was like, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, because he's such a lovely bloke. So I yeah. got on the stage and hammered this bloke. I said, mate, you are the worst guy. He was actually really good fun. I was like, you are the worst guy in the world. Um, you need a red dot on your chest, mate. You need taken out, erasing. No one would miss you. You've just sat with a rugby icon and given him your greatest hits. Like, what on earth? It's just bizarre. Give me an idea, though. I might try and get that on my phone. Just, just thinking. Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, then I, I commentated uh, for BT on sale against Quinns, sale yeah. shots against Quinns. Um, a great thing happened. No, not a great thing. We can't condone it. Um, a couple of the Quinns players were lying over the ball. Rob Webber didn't like it. You know, he, he looked like he'd warned them a few times to me, and then he just shooed one of them. Just shoot one of them. The rest, you can't shoot people. And on Twitter, on, on Twitter, someone confirmed it was a shooing because we thought, actually, maybe it was bad language. But I was right. My first instincts were right. And Rob Webber, an old-school hooker, who, by the way, is a class player, took it back to the old school and shooed someone on the floor. You get red carded. So now he got a penalty, and he's like, I'll take that. Yeah. It was great. And bring, then, yeah, went up, to Saints, went, went up to Saints on, uh, went up to Saints on Sunday, boy. Um, oh, by the way, this morning... I had brunch with uh, Heston Blumenthal. Did you really? Or yeah. what, the Heston Blumenthal? Yes, he's had a he's had a bite to eat. You know, just chatting about stuff. Um, was he actually? Were you actually with him, or was he like on another table? And you just... oh, God, it was Matthew Hoggard, the cricketer. Yeah, me, Heston. It was just like I mean, technically oh, he wasn't there. Uh, Heston, Heston wasn't actually there. Um, there were no tables, and technically he arrived three minutes before I left um, to come back home to Bath. And he doesn't know who I am, and he didn't invite me. The PR agency did. Um, but basically, basically, um, it's one of those things, boy. Like I, I tweeted a few weeks ago, because as you know, I like toys. And I was trying to find a review. It's all very well someone like Heston Blumenthal bringing out a barbecue. But it's like, fella, if you're talking to people who know what they're talking about, this better be a good bit of kit. Or, you know, it's like Armani bringing out watches. Leave it to watchmakers. We don't want fashion barbecues. We want good barbecues. So right. I said, is it... i got an Armani watch. Yeah, lovely. I love our so have I. Anyway, it's like, if... Yeah, if you want something that looks cool, fine. But is it any good? So I sent a tweet out saying, are these things actually any good? Like, all the all the reviews I could find were by Heston Blumenthal. And they're basically... They weren't really reviews. Well, are you going to buy one, were you? I was thinking... Do you know what, Tommy? I was thinking about it. <laughs> sure. I'm still I'm still thinking about it. Okay. Um but I went and checked it out today. They said come to this event and have a look at it if you want. So I went to have a look at it. Yeah. Um yeah, and I really like it. So I really like it. Waiting for a free one, basically. No, not no. No, no, no. No, no I'm not gonna get a free one. I'm actually not gonna get it. If they hey, if they gave me one fella, I'd take it. Oh, I'd be round there in a shot. Yeah, yeah. I'd cut I'd cut three of my hands off for a free one. But so what is it? Me free one. What, what's so special about it? Basically, it's just it's a high quality bit of kit, and it's really convenient. So it's they've thought about the design really nicely. The vents are really easy to use. They're not gonna like I've got some other bits of kit, and the vents like clog up with food grease. And doesn't it flame up when you, when you got it on high heat. Yeah, like and it's kind of, yeah, it doesn't flare, and it lights itself. It's a, it's a convenient bit of kit. So yeah. it's charcoal cooking, but it's like self lighting charcoal barbecue so it's got this element that goes super hot for seven minutes lights itself yeah and that sort of stuff purists might not like it because it needs to be plugged in fine i've got a Kamado joe that doesn't need to be plugged in and it's brilliant however if i'm in a rush or i need that charcoal to just get yeah. lit it's a good bit of kit what are those ones you said kimono joes Kamado joe Kimo yeah I, i've seen them they're like a, an egg aren't they that's what i want to get i need to buy one of them for the summer there's Slow a big green egg and there's a Kamado joe and people who work for either brand will hate me saying this, but they're basically exactly the same. Okay. But the Kamado Joes are seemingly significantly cheaper. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I could be proven. I'm open to being proven wrong, but I've got, I've got bought a Kamado Joe a good few years ago and it is effing brilliant. I saw one that looked like that. I don't know if it was brand in Costco recently. So yeah, it'll, that'll be a dead mate. It's, I don't know if they're all exactly the same and I'm sure there are differences here and there. Yeah, but for blokes like you and me, okay, I use I use these things a lot. But for blokes like you and me, I use it a lot. I use them a lot as well, mate. Yeah, you would. Yeah, so it wouldn't make a massive difference. Um, okay, but I'm I'm all over it. Like, and the I actually had a I've got a thing called a Traeger, 
which yeah. I don't know if you've seen before, yeah. but it's like an American digital yeah. wood thing. And I've had that for ages and it actually broke. It broke on, let me down on Christmas day. So not cool. And I had everything out there. I'd cl- cleaned and polished everything. So there was no other trace smells on the food and the turkey. And I was all ready. I got out there and it died. So I had to rush back in and use an oven, which is fine. But I called the guy and he came to fix it. And I forgot he was coming and I was in London. And I called him again and he came yesterday. And basically it was me that broke it. Oh, no. I smacked my electric bike into the side of it and knocked the fan off. Oh, but it's so, fixed now though because it's barbecue weather and yeah and i'm i'm as we speak i look i look from where i'm sitting tommy and i can see on my um washing up rack a sh- piece of chateaubriand defrosting for a smoke for a little smoke tomorrow. oh good i bought some meat off um make burbs recently so I've chopped all that up it's in the freezer defrost oh, it yeah. when i want so might, might, bub, might do it tomorrow got meat? i don't know ask him you ask him. You ask him. Did, did you not ask him where it came from? Yeah, I know. His, mate, his mate's a butcher. Oh, the butcher of... Oh, by the way, this weekend is um, restart weekend. So the restart, the the, rug, uh, the rugby charity, basically the RPA charity yeah. that raised money for injured and uh, retired players, injured players. And this weekend is restart rugby weekend. And it's quite an interesting one because apart from it, just do a bit of charity and all that. Re- restart does amazing stuff for people that need physical help after rugby. So I think Duncan Bell, I could be wrong on this, Duncan Bell's had surgery paid for by Restart because he was knackered, his knee was knackered or something like that after rugby. A lot of lads get a lot of help with ongoing injuries. But actually, the money they're raising this weekend is going to go, I believe, I think it's all towards mental health and this sort of complimentary counselling service they offer. And I tell you what, Christian Day, who's the big gaffer at the RPA now, he told me something amazing. Last, Just last season alone, more than 70 lads, current and former players, accessed the helpline. So that's that's 10%, basically like 10% of the premiership of one in 10 players access that compliment, that confidential, complimentary helpline. And of course, it's complimentary to the players, but it does need paying for because these people are professionals. But 70% of the lads, uh, 70 players, sorry, 10% of the lads accessed it so it's obviously something that you know a lot of people use and a lot of people are getting benefit from so this weekend if you're at a game or if you've got the internet which you have just drop a couple of quid in a bucket or go online and drop a fiver in or something because just like everyone else in the world rugby lads might look big and tough but actually some of them are struggling a little bit so before and after they play so restart weekend is a good thing to support in my view tom give generously Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Shall we start uh, Northampton Saints Gloucester, where you were? 
I was there. On Sunday. I was there. It looked a great game. I wasn't Mate. there. I wasn't there, but it looked a great game. Mate. It was... Yeah, it was actually... A, it was a really good game. Like, if you're a neutral, you know, then yeah. Jeepers, it was... It was quite nuts because, you know, was it 72 points or something, wasn't it? I mean, it was... It was huge. Yeah, and Gloucester won. Gloucester looked sharp. Yeah. Um, well, both, te- both teams are safe. Like, Northampton aren't going to go down. Um, Gloucester obviously want to finish in top four for playoffs. Um, I suppose Northampton want to... They, they shipped 40 points at home, Saints, mate. Like, yeah. it's serious. Northampton I mean, want to get at the table to qualify for Europe. That's, that's I suppose, what yeah. what they're going. Um and yeah, started really well, didn't they? Like Atkinson, the line he hit, I think oh, yeah. it was his, his second try. First of all, he goes round Narvaro, doesn't he? Narvaro. Narvaro on the outside. And not many people do that. And then the, the line for his second try, ouch, have that. Yeah, have some of that, Chief. Yeah. Um, did you see Narvaro's um, start to get his first try? Yeah. Oh, my God. He boshed someone out of the way over the line, just for fun. Yeah, just a crack. That's some of that, Chief. But, do you know, he must be a proper... He's a, he's not a coach killer, but he's one of those guys where you're like... Do you remember Chrissy Halafia? Halafia, the big back row, who played for Irish for years. Yeah. Quinn's Irish in the end, London Welsh. I used to think the same about him, but for a different reason. This guy is so dominant when he plays. He's so physical and aggressive and powerful that when he's fit, you've got to pick him, but he's banned all the time. What yeah. do we do? What do we do? And I remember speaking to Mike Cat when he coached at London Irish and said, what do you do about this guy? And he goes, it's simple, mate. You have to keep him and you have to pick him when he's available yeah. because there's no one like him. And I look back to the years I played, boy, and there ain't many people that were anywhere near as powerful and brutal as him. He was an absolute beast. He's, so- like, um, he's like Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons, isn't he? Like, that's just... <laughs> If you ever seen the episode when he's playing American football, and he just holds up, I think Millhouse, and just boshes everyone out the way with Millhouse. Yeah, yeah, but it's he's like that. He was so strong; it was yeah. crazy. Like, I know. but you got Naira Voro, and he's such a beast when he gets a line right, gets a bit of space, and he's got ball in hand. He's a, mm. I mean, he's clearly an absolute freak. Yeah, but he is he is awful in defence. He's just all over the place, and it's. It looks like because he's always been the biggest, fastest kid in school, you know, it's the it's the pretty girl at school never had to be interesting. You know, yeah. it's kind of yeah, that's why that's why Danny Grucott's got no chat, you know? Um but it's like and he's a boy. But you just think, do you pick him? Because you are going any team worth its salt will attack him all day long. Yes. And not to a different extent, I think to a greater extent. Uh, than Rocco. He's a bit like Rocco Nanguni. So Rocco Nanguni, I don't think, is as big a liability as Naravora in defence. But teams do make big yardage down his wing when he plays all too often. Mm. They don't make that yardage against, no. you know, other top wingers. And people talk like Chris Ashton, people make yardage rare, more rarely down his wing than they do down but Rocco's. Like, because, it, because he's obviously a massive lump, you know, you're talking probably 18, maybe 19 stone. Like And the rest, boy. He does I, take, I, he does take a little massive. bit of, yeah, he does take a little bit of time to get going, to get motoring. Top end, like he's fast, but then it's like anything, you know, you you look at the the more agile players, um, you know, so, I don't know, say Charlie Sharples for one, you know, you put that ball over his head, bang, he's gone. He's chasing back. Whilst some of the bigger guys do take a little bit more time. To, yeah. to get back and it's also it's also attitude as well like everyone wants to run ball in hand everyone wants to to get the ball in a bit of space look for contact run over contact the lot but the great wingers are the ones that put in that same effort in in chasing back kicks and the the ball might just go into touch but you've still got to cover that ball and you've still got to run back uh, yeah. thinking that the ball might stay in and uh, yeah. and you're right though he it's probably a little bit um, defensively when the ball goes over his head and also positioning because you do have to be agile on your feet. Winger, centre, you know, you have to be able to change direction adjust. really quickly. Yeah. yeah, and adjust. Remember we, we were at Sarri's and we had Brendan Daniel on the wing. Yeah. And they, he was just unplayable in the premiership that season. Like he was just a different level and he was our star player and we had some great players, you know, P&R and all those guys. He was our star player and I remember him coming out of the room when they were meeting everyone about contracts. 
And he rang his girlfriend, Paris, and said, I've been cut. And she laughed. He goes, I'm not joking. I've been cut. And he had tears in his eyes. And Francois said, we don't want you anymore. And he said, why not? And he, I remember him saying he showed him videos of every time the ball had been kicked back over his head for the last eight games or ten games. Yeah. And he's like, you can't win like that, mate. You're lazy. You only care when you've got the ball. You're out. And we've tried and tried. We've told, told you and told you. Then all the training, even shouting you for a touchline, you do not change gear. You look like you're too tired, but if you get the ball, you can go again. Yeah. And that means you're not too tired. So you're gone. And it's a weird thing because he was our arguably our best player. And, you know, Brendan went on to play for, by the way, I love Brendan Daniel, Buzzy D. He's a hell of a boy. But he went on to play for Coventry, uh, Bath, Bristol a bit, but he never really fired. And it's a bit like, he never really fought. Vora, when he, when he joined Saints, he played one game and looked amazing. And Durders and I were like, whoa, look at this guy. Yeah. And people were tweeting me hard saying, you didn't watch him at Glasgow, mate. He's useless. And I think useless is a bit of, bit of a rude thing to say because I doubt he was useless. But, you know, just wait. And it's like defensively he has got, he is a liability, it yeah. has to be said. And Just um, just on that to, uh, on that topic of defence, so put that game to bed. It was a, it was a good win for Gloucester. They're up to third. Um, the Leicester-Exeter game. Now, you had Matt Tamua playing at 15. And we'll we'll get into some of the the tries and some of the, the players who played well there. But on one try, Ollie Woodburn scores, right, on the left-hand corner. And it's it's good extra attack, but just as good Leicester defence. You know, there's they're pushing off the decoys really well. Um, they're not getting sucked in, and you know you pause it from the high angle, and it's fine. But yep. it's just a Matt Tamura Just it's just a weak tackle on Ollie Woodburn. Yep. There's players there. There's enough defenders there for attackers. I thought they they pushed across the line really well, and then Woodburn just runs through him like he's a little bit of paper at a finishing line across the front, yep. across the, the finishing line. It's, it was just way too easy. And you look at Leicester, you know, that 52-20, that's, that's a hammering, isn't it? That is an absolute hammering. And it was a record. <laughs> they're, third, they're 10th at the moment. They're five from, from Newcastle. You know, you'd like to think with the, the players they've got, and the quality of players, because there's no doubt there is quality in that team. And for parts of that game, they played really well. They're going to stay up. But it must be a bit of a twitching time for them as well. Coming up. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has to be. You know, they, they got absolutely go destroyed at the weekend. Mate, they had... It's nuts. They had Johnny May, I thought, played when he got the ball really well. Yeah. George Ford, I thought, had a really good game. Really mind, he's good. Pretty much on his bloody own. What a player. Yeah. And no one talks about George Ford anymore. It's really strange. What a player. And Although he did need pack. to stop. He did need to stop um, Woodburn offload after that Armin um, offload he? Woodburn. Yeah. Like, that's, it's a, he's going to make that tackle. There's no doubt about that. But he has to be able to stop Woodburn offloading. You know, that's, that's your job. Woodburn ends up offloading, I think, inside to, is it Slade? Slade. Yeah. Armand Woodburn Slade, what an offload from yeah. Don Armand. Holy yeah, I know. Jolie. I, at first, another, I thought that just... Another crap game from Don Armand. I thought at first, he, you know, the ball had just popped out of his hand and gone. That's what I thought. I thought it was a little knock-on from the defender. But when you actually look um, at it... That's just class. That's know, confidence, mate. Yeah. The, confidence. The thing of beauty for me, though, was the Henry Slade line. Oh. For, for the um, Devoto try, right? Oh. And I'm glad, like, Topsy Ojo was in commentary. And he, he picks up on it a little bit. You know, that line Henry Slade takes is normally a wide line. You normally got one player coming short, the other player's going behind. It's not really um, like a, a strike line. You know, it's, it's more of a, a playmaker line. It's more of a, the decoy's done, you get the ball, then you're looking for, for holes. But the line he hits isn't a wide line. It's more of a straight line. And it is at pace as well. And... It's a, it's a it's a thing of pure beauty, but he's just got the awareness then to to find Devoto. Like he's so calm with a ball in hand. You know the way he looks around for support. His actions, nothing is rushed. Yeah, confident, confident, confident. Unbelievable, mate. But I, I love that. You're right, and it reminded me. Oh, but by the way, what I was gonna what I was gonna say was Johnny May was really good. George Ford was outstanding. I agree. And the pack the, the pack delivered a hundred percent set piece. I mean, they didn't lose a scrum all line out. And still, they got destroyed. I mean, 
there is only one thing it can be, and that's the defence. But then that's all that's left, really. But then that line reminded me genuinely of a time, and I don't know if you remember this or not. You remember the game you played against? We played against Leicester Tigers for Saris. And I was I remember saying to you, a oh, big game for you, boy, you know, up against Will Greenwood, he's a legend. And you were never you always thought he was obviously a great player, because yeah. he was, but you were never bothered about who you played against, seemingly. Whereas when you're a prop, it's like, this is serious now. I've got I've got Darren Garforth and he's gonna rip my throat out. Yeah, but you've got when Will you're a Greenwood, prop, you know? it's very confrontational. It's it's you against yeah. him. Whilst, you know, you don't know who you're gonna be running against in a field, open play for back. Yeah, yeah. And you know, people shift from zone to zone, channel to channel, don't they? When you, in your world in open play, but they didn't. They don't have prop. But and you scored two or three tries. I can't remember. Do no, you remember? No, I can't remember either. It was two or three. It might have been a hat trick. I can't remember. Someone will know. <laughs> it wasn't After, a was it a hat trick? No, it wasn't. It probably was two. One, it's probably one try. No, it wasn't. It was definitely anyway, two. Go, anyway, go on. Go you on. score this try and you hit this line, and we remember doing the video session. And you, you were always like, you know, you're like you are now, but in speaking in public, you, you much much more confident than you used to be aren't you like and that's come with looks that is honestly it's come, it's come, <laughs> and losing your virginity <laughs> well done mate Thanks. so he um francois p and i was doing the analysis he's like you just should not get through there that's you can't get through there that means shanks i don't know what i mean you just but you bust the line i think you bust through will and scored and ran it in no, it i tell you what, i think i bust yeah it might have been or oh, it might have been ollie um Smith, maybe. Smith. Yeah, yeah. So one of those guys, you bust through and score this on a wicked line and they're just, you tear them up, whatever. And then you should not get through. You can't get through there. And everyone looked at you and it was like Francois was waiting for an answer and you went, well, I did. So, and that was it. <laughs> you just went bright red. Well, I did. So, <laughs> it's the most awkward thing ever. It was very funny. Oh, I tell you uh, I was speaking to Jace Leonard about. He was, he was talking about, um, you know, People were massive calves, right? For some reason, yeah. I can't remember how we got on this conversation. Leonard, for a start, his feet are like a rhino's feet. You think you got bad feet? His feet, you know, he wouldn't need. It's like shoes. he's walk. He's like he's walked on the savannah his whole life without any shoes on. That's what yeah. they're like, um, like a Maasai warrior. And he was talking about Gimpy. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I couldn't remember. It's Luke Hart. Harbour. Luke Harbour. Yeah, we're he's just I talking about, about Gimpy him. yesterday. How yeah, funny, just yeah. talking about. His calves were just too big, and he couldn't play the game. And he said, "You know, he, from a young age, he had a great talent, but it was just knackered because literally his calves were too big." Yeah, he's a really talented bloke, and he's—I think he got compartment syndrome in his yeah, calves that's and right. his shoulders. I think really, I think his shoulder, I think his literally his deltoids were too big for his muscle sheaths. And yeah, yeah, but um, but anyway, um, just on the Leicester extra game, Tom Youngs gets a red card. Yeah, uh, definite red in my book. Yep. You know, we we had this conversation, didn't we, about the the Holmes one with Imhoff, and we, we you know we weren't that certain whether that Quang was K Imhoff. His middle name's Chris. <laughs> <K. laughs> <laughs> um, but you can't do what Tom Youngs did. It's not so much. It's not so much his body height going in. It's it's the arm movement and the shoulder and how the arm follows through on the head. But you know, it's. It's not a. It's a wipeout where you're you're using your your forearm and your elbow to wipe a, a man's head out of the way. Have you met um, Juan Imos' brother? <laughs> Nosh, he's a good bloke actually. <laughs> we just thought of that now, were you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know the Tom Young's red card, right? I was with... Um, He's got a sister called Polish. <laughs> <laughs> not the not the French him off, the Polish him off. Um, yeah, go on. On the red, with, on the red. On the I, red. I, I had dinner the other night with Danny uh, Grucock at, at Matt Powell's house and he and he goes, oh, I see, he goes, Tommy has got a red card I heard on the radio. What did you get that for? And I said, I described it and I said, like jokes aside, it is exactly the sort of thing Danny did a hundred times. It yeah. was a perfect opportunity Someone who's just moving out the way of the ruck, which years ago you get away with, just rolling out the way, and it's an opportunity to leather somebody, coming in and leather someone. And that's exactly the sort of thing that he would have done and he would have loved and everyone was scared of him for, but you can't do it now. And I've seen quite a few no instances argument. where that, 
where red cards have been given for that. So you can't really complain. Can't do that. No, no of course you can't. No complaint. Leicester got absolutely destroyed. But Leicester got four, yeah. massive game on Friday now because um, Leicester go to Newcastle. And Oi, that Tommy, that is why I was asking you if yeah. you think Lowell went really hard in... Um, in Hong Kong, because I got a call yesterday or day before yesterday, day on Monday, flats. Can you comment out on Friday, Friday night in Newcastle again for the Leicester game? Yeah. And I just said, "Who's pulled out?" And they're like, "Can you do it?" So someone's pulled out, and it's either because it's a forward, it's either Benny or ah. Lollipop. <laughs> I reckon it's Lollipop, mate. I totally forgot. I've got to do Scarlet Zebra. I know all you guys will be listening to that game or watching it. Oh cool, yeah, not off on Premier Sport, but yeah, I, I totally forgot, and they, I got a call sheet through today. I was like, "That what?" And I was thinking, I've surely not agreed to this. And I had on my emails. I just totally forgot. Um, but I'm prepared. I've done my homework. Um, For sure. You're always prepared, fella. But obviously, Leicester got to Newcastle. So Newcastle played Saracens. And, I mean... Crap game. But what makes what makes the league so interesting is you want to get in the top four. You want to qualify for the Heineken Champions Cup. But the real pressure and what's really exciting is the bottom of the table clashes. So Newcastle, you think they're going to pick up a bonus point, don't you? You just you just think they are until yeah. Lozowski sneaks through a hole on like 79 minutes and just takes takes that bonus point totally away from Newcastle. It would be devastated. And at that st- at where they are in the league at the moment, they need all of the points they can get. They're bottom. They've got 29. Um, Worcester ahead of them with three more points they're on 32 but I mean it's a tough one for for Newcastle because you think they've done enough but they just switch off for one minute gone and what a line that was by Lozowski by the way what a line however I think Lewington was in touch a couple of phases earlier (laughs) that's a difficult one it's not clear cut yet I mean from the angles you got you can see his hand sort of on the ball you know, that doesn't bother me as much. And I'm being, this is neutral now. None of these, it doesn't make a difference to me. But they are decisions which, yes, it's a massive decision for Newcastle. Um, but, you know, you're getting really picky there. It's very difficult to see if the hand is on the ball or not from the angle we got. Yeah. But um, Malin's offload for Maitland was just amazing. He looks really yeah. good at 15, really comfortable. Um, but not much really going on. In that game, just no, it was, it was a rubbish t- game. Typical Saris, really. Well, Saris do play some lovely stuff, but they, they, what they did was when they're not playing well, they deliver. They deliver a bonus point win with it's a lot like, of changes well, in their team as well. Yeah. Did you watch the? Do, um, did you watch the Bristol, the Bath Bristol game? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you? Did um, you enjoy? We're not allowed. We're not allowed to swear, are we? On here? No, don't don't swear at all. I'm not going to. It peed me off. What, that Bristol were trying to run everything from their own five-metre line? I just, do you know what? It's like, do you know when, if someone calls the ref something rude and gets a red card after 15 minutes? Oi, ref, put your glasses on. Yeah, you go to Specsavers, you bugger. Um, it's, It's like, mate, you've ruined it for us now. And Bristol just chucked that pass, a stupid pass out the back in the... Like just over a minute in, yeah. Gift Bath seven points, yeah. Get down the other end and turn down three points. I was like, boys, that's ten points, and I was like, there's just no way Bristol win this game now because they are Bristol are a brilliant team to watch at times. I am in, but people don't think if no, actually, I never get anyone saying I'm not neutral anymore, so no one thinks it. But I am. I feel genuinely neutral. I honestly don't not bother who wins games like you're not, but it's like. Like most of us, actually. But I was just like, for God's sake, lads. And then someone started saying to me, oh, you don't complain when Exeter run everything. I was like, Exeter clear their lines, mate. Exeter at top. Exeter at top of the league. And also, Gareth Steenson will clear his lines if he needs to. But you think you're right, though. He you won't. If you mess up like that in the first minute, you know, the chat would be, right, guys, let's not mess around at all um, in our own line. But they do it yeah. three times, right? Two lead to tries. And one... Yeah. One, luckily, Priestland misses a drop kick. Um, yeah. Otherwise, that'd be more points. But to play like that, you know, from from anywhere, it's just deadly. That's Barbar's, and there's nothing on Barbar's games, is there, at all? Whilst Bristol, uh, I mean, what are they? They're ninth with 37 points. So 
they should be clear, but you know that's not that's not definite. Um, but what, I mean, what difference did it make having um, Jonathan Joseph back? All of a sudden, Bath yeah. now have a huge attacking threat out wide, don't they? Yeah, they've got wheels wide, and they've got they've got their best defender yeah. out on the t- in, in the most important position as well. He he was he just looked class start to finish, but Roy McConaughey class again. Still, as I said on Twitter, not sitting to have a bad game for Bath. I think he's a one lovely player and does a lot right. Great in the air as well at kickoff time, but just you know, it's one of them things, right? Where I'm just like. I, I I don't care who wins, but I want it to be a really good game. And it's not the thing is for Bristol. If you're playing for Bristol or coaching Bristol, you don't give a toss what some fat geezer on his armchair wants to see. You just want to win. Yeah. But I'm thinking, do these guys know something that everyone else doesn't? And it's like I I get the play from everywhere thing, but if all you ever do is run from everywhere, that makes you predictable. Even though it's ambitious, it's predictable. You've got, you've it's got predictable to, ambition. You've got you know? to build your scores, though, haven't you? You've got to build your game plan. You've got, yeah. to, you've got to feel yourself into the game. I'll tell you what is difficult for Bristol, because they do play quite a wide attacking game, is that when you've got centres like Jamie Roberts and Joseph, who rush up really fast, which just stop you from throwing that ball, or you've just got to be brave to throw that ball, because they're yeah. in the passing channel. Now, often when you do that, um, because they rush up far. If you can get that ball away, their backs are turned, so they can't then cover across. But it's it's a tough pass to do, and they do it so well all the time. They rush off the line really fast, getting that passing channel. All of a sudden, Bristol tuck it, take it into contact, and momentum has gone totally from the attack. But just in terms of Bristol, right? Harry Randall at nine. Really like watching him play. He's really Me fast, too. really sharp around that ruck. Um, Vuey in the second row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a beast, mate. And and Dan Brilliant Thompson, player, seven. Dan Thompson, seven, scores a, a nice try and looks one for the future. Nicked a lot of ball as well. Yeah, he did. He did. But, I mean, Bristol get a bonus point. But I just found it, I found it a bit strange at the end, right? Because Bath have got a, um, they've got a scrum on... Um, I don't know, five meters out, right? And yeah. they've obviously they've obviously planned an attack. You know, the, the chat has been like the, it's in the eightieth minute. They've planned it. They've planned an attack. The ball goes right to Jamie Roberts in a lot of space. He just turns and boots it out. I just thought, yeah, I fa- I just found it a bit strange. You know, you either you kick out from the base of the scrum normally, but they seem like they'd called an attack in play. And part of me just thought, oh, just go for it, go for, but. Do you know what I reckon? They'd scored a bonus point already. They'd scored four tries. So, do you know what I reckon to that? Bath this season and last season actually, if probably shows where they're at, doesn't it? Yeah, they found ways to not win games in the last few minutes. They found ways to not close it out. And do you know what? Job done. Massive day. Yeah. Massive occasion for the club. Five points in the bag. Boot it off. I get it completely. I get it um, as well. But I just, I didn't get, like, it looked like they were setting up an attack in play whilst normally... They weren't you, on the same hymn sheet, maybe. Normally, yeah. you know, um, it was Fotoli, I think it was on, or it might have been someone else, Chris Cook, possibly. You just think that he would just boot it out or someone, someone would be behind that scrum just to yeah. secure it. But, yeah, I mean, it was, it was sensible play. But, um, yeah, so... Bath is one of you as well. Bath all of a sudden, mate, a sixth, believe it or not. And that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Why put Freddie Burns on for 10 minutes? No point. Like, if you're happy with the game management that you've left Priestland on for 70 minutes and you're winning with a bonus point, why put on another game manager? Freddie, by the way, when he came on, was great. He didn't look like a maverick at all. He looked yeah. really, kicked really well, passed really well. It was really good. But why? I don't get it. You're not keeping anyone happy. Reese Priestland doesn't get to finish a game in which he's played well for Bath. I mean, he'd be, fair, he'd be fairly happy though, mate. Going off at seventy minutes, job done. Um, nice little ten minutes rest. I mean, that won't that won't bother Reese Priestland okay, because fine. he's 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 a starter of the game, isn't it? They, they've won the game. It's it's yeah. quite nice rest. Okay, but, fine. Yeah, but I get your total point for Freddie Burns. I mean, yeah. what there is no point in bringing a player like that on for ten minutes because it's not like. You're giving him minutes in a game where he can do something, or or just get to just get a bit of rugby inside him. It's not long. The enough. actual the, the the whole fly half thing at Bath has been a bit crazy, really. Like they basically they told Reese Priestland they didn't require him next season, couldn't sign anybody else, 
and now they've re-signed him and it's a two-year deal and you do I reckon they're looking at Anscombe mate that's why that's why I, I think reckon. they were yeah but it, and I heard Cipriani as well yeah. but what if you I'd reckon they've gone back to him and said we're really sorry about that and it's a bit humiliating for everyone involved but can you stay please and he's like well I'll stay but you've got to give me two years okay it's like Bath Bath don't do that stuff all the time but no. they have got a rep, they've got in recent history like the last couple of rugby generations they've just they've done stuff like that it's like if you really don't if you don't want him yeah then let him go and find someone else put faith in a young kid or something like that instead it's like uh right we're going to pay a player top money but for 2 years we're going to give someone a 2 year deal when we didn't want him for 1 year yeah it's just bizarre it, it comes it, to desperation though doesn't it you know if you yeah. you don't want to start the season without um a decent 10 you know or someone that you can trust um, because no, but you, oh, but you you've plan. got Freddie Burns and you've got oh no is Freddie is Freddie staying or not Freddie's staying but you plan yeah. for it and you plan and say mm. we're not going to have him next year this is what we've got but you put your but eggs in a basket in... for for you know potentially looking at um, another 10 if that's the route you want to go down and then if that doesn't come come off you know you've got I suppose your backup but you you don't want to be starting a season without a recognised 10 otherwise you're you're foobard foobard boy. Um, you're at Sale and Harlequins. Yeah, not um, a lot to talk about, fella. If I'm honest okay. with you, perfect. I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then um, and then Wasps Worcester. Wasps were um, four four on the bounce. They'd lost, hadn't they? Yeah, and it's actually a good win for Wasps. They they played well. I thought Nathan Hughes was great. Yeah. Brad Shields had the best game I've had. I've seen him have since he landed in UK. Um, thought they looked sharp. Sopawanga looked relaxed, and Marcus Watson was jokes. He was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. He was he was decent that day. Um, Class athlete. What a runner. Jeepers. Yeah, I know. It's incredible, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's nuts. Just like his brother. Yeah, lovely stuff. Apparently, apparently, Anthony Watson is back playing this week or next week. Really? After a year out, which is good news for everyone. So, do you think Worcester have got enough um, at home for sale at the weekend? And who do you think is going to go down now? How many games have we got left? Three or four? Three? I think... Uh, Worcester's running is. Uh, I think Worcester are going to go down. Yeah, I'd probably that's what agree. I think. That's what I think. Um, We're in although, day. Go on. They got a tougher. They got a tough run in Newcastle. Newcastle. I don't know who's favourites on Friday night or not, but who's underdogs? But I, Newcastle could win on Friday night, or they could get battered on Friday night. Yeah, you know, there's so much class in that. So many players that have won so many big games in that Leicester team that they could batter Newcastle. Equally, Newcastle could batter Leicester. You just you have no idea going up there who's going to win that game. No, so yeah. it's so tight. And you're right about if there was no relegation, put the commercial stuff to one side, even though that is, of course, incredibly important. Put that to one side. What have we been talking about for the last few months if there's no relegation? Because the top two has been done. Yes. Since the start. No, there's nothing to talk about. No, there's not at all. Not at all. And it, but it makes it so interesting, doesn't it? Well, I think it does anyway. Um, no, I agree. Just on the Pro 14, right? Um, the success story, we don't touch on it that much, but has been Bennett and Treviso, right? They're up to third yeah. in, uh, in the Conference B, right? They're gonna. It looks like they're going to qualify for the Champions Cup. They could get into the playoffs. They've been incredible. Um, you look, the Blues, right, have got a massive game. They've got Connaught this weekend, who are four points ahead of them. Um, they, they could be the, get to the point where there are no Welsh regions in the um, Heineken Champions Cup next year, if you're yeah. not careful, because yeah. the run-in is, is quite savage. Like Leinster playing Glasgow, I think that's going to be a massive game. But Connaught Blues this weekend... Is huge because you've got to finish right in the top three um, of your conference, yeah. and there's a playoff then for the seventh place in uh, in the Champions Cup. So, and everyone wants to play in that, don't they? You know, that's your yeah. showcase. That's as long more, as you don't get, as long as you don't get to it and start resting everyone. Yeah, exactly. Play in it then. Um, so, there's some big games this weekend in terms of where you know you're going to sort of place yourself for the final fixtures coming up because. You know, the Blues have also got the Ospreys, I think, in the final game. There's Judgment Day coming up. Um, I'm covering the Scarlets, who haven't been great this year at all. Um, quite disappointing, really, but they've struggled with without a 10. Um, Reese Patchell's been injured for a long time with an HIA. He's injured 
Um, at the moment, I'm not actually sure what he's done, but they've really struggled without him. But yeah. as as you'd imagine, right, the, the strong teams, Glasgow, Leinster, Ulster, Munster, you know, they're always up there. Mostly Leinster because of of their signings. You look at the foreigners they sign. They just sign so well. Think of think of some of the yeah. think of some of the Leinster foreigners they've signed through, like Rocky Elson, Contepomi, yeah, um, Chris Whitaker, yeah, James Lowe at the moment, Fardy. They're really yeah. clever in in how they sign and what they sign, and uh, you know I I reckon they're gonna win it if I'm honest. You Rex? Yeah, it's Leinster or Glasgow, Glasgow. Glasgow had a decent game. I tell you, he played well for Glasgow. Adam Hastings. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. great. Played really well. Varied his game. His kicking game was was spot on. Varied it well from playing flat, playing deep. You know, when obviously when when you're against a rush defence, you know, you play a little bit deeper, and he and he sort of the ball goes across those lines with two decoys, a bit like rugby league. But then other times he took it unbelievably flat. Yeah. I kept saying that Big Gav, his dad, was out in Hong Kong. And uh, kept saying to him, "I know you. I know, you're you're Adam's dad, aren't you? Is that why you're here? Because you're Adam's dad. So, <laughs> That's all he is now. Yeah, um, but no, That's all he is played well because he's not really sort of hit the heights in Scotland, mostly because of Finn Russell. But it's great to see him have a good game. Still time, boy. Yeah, there's plenty of time. Hey, by the way, before we clock off, yeah, have you seen what Israel Folau put on out on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I saw it." Joe Marler, there's a lot of stuff you can say to that, which is generally it's all the same. But a couple of great ones that stand out for me. Ben Durs, the journalist, very funny on Twitter and very insightful, said, those long winter evenings with Israel Folau must just fly by. <laughs> but and then let, Let's just put that- this in context. He's, he's put warning. Drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists, idolaters. Um, hell, hell awaits you. you. Repent. Yeah. Only Jesus saves. And then Dai Lama just put, this just looks like a lively Saturday night. <laughs> but Joe Marler is just tweeting him loads of, I've seen two. Yeah. Um, he's tweeted him a picture of two blokes kissing and then a video of two blokes snogging aggressively against the wall. Um, but look, it sort of contradicts himself a bit because he's saying hell awaits you. But if you're an atheist, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. But... He's saying hell exists whether you believe in it or not, I think. But Carl Ferns said, if heaven is full of people like Israel Folau, then you can count me out. Hashtag sin for the win. It's, um, it's just like... Dai Lama tweeted know. another one. He tweeted, um, like The Rock, usually, um, with his eyes, sort of rolling his eyes, just saying, Israel Folau's at it again. I saw it, yeah, yeah. Uh, the devil has blinded so many people in this world. Repent and turn away from your evil ways. Turn to Jesus Christ who will set you free. I mean, he put a tweet out. Um, Jeez, when did he put a tweet out? Oh, someone's picked it up from 2016, right? And it's a picture of him said, still trying to figure out how to get in and out of a BMW i8. Hopefully, I'll get there. And he's sort of trying to get out of the car. And someone's put, try entering via the back door, mate. Get it out of your system. <laughs> <laughs> Someone called Mike Bird has put, who put 50p in Israel Folau and fired him up again? And Dilama said, and crucially, where did they put it? <laughs> well, I mean, what are you thinking if you're like the Waratahs or or the Australian Rugby Union? You just you just got to have your hands in your in your face. Yeah, again. and they gave him a warning. Apparently, it's like <sighs> they said, you know, you need to, you know, sort you stop it, stop doing all that stuff. And he's obviously don't give a monkey. Oh no, he yeah, he don't care, does he? Because he's a worldie. It's like one of those things. Like I'm not into, you know, neither of us is into spreading hate. So there's no point in. He doesn't care what we think, so I go on Twitter and slag him off. But it's just like if I was playing against him, I would do my best to smack him in the mouth. I yeah. reckon just because it just because it would annoy him. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And with your fist, though, yeah. Just so, just yeah, right. clarifying. All right. Um, oh my God, you are well, something else. Yeah. Well done, mate. Um, keep us in, keep us informed with what happens with the Devils. I mean, I, I would I would sponsor you a lot of money to. I mean, can we can we do some sort of crash diet for you? Lose thirty kg, so I can see you go yeah. out of the plane. By the way, go on to uh, when you're on Twitter, listeners, and you, Tommy, go on to the Darwin Award. So it's at Awards Darwin, and they just have some ridiculous stuff on there. But the one to look at now is a slapping competition, and there's two blokes slapping each other in the face, not allowed to flinch, and 
knocking each other's senses is absolutely ridiculous. Before we go, mate, can I just tell you there was a couple of things at this Doddy dinner was amazing. I've just remembered. Okay, it was brilliant. I hope they tweet the video because there's a lot of people that weren't there and couldn't be there. So there's a few video messages. Okay, I yeah. did one last year because I didn't make it. Um, but Mike Tyndall did one, right? And he was at Cheltenham and he was, Zara was next to him. And he was he was well on his way and he was slurring a little bit and people were laughing and he tried to be serious about uh, motor yeah. neuron disease and people were laughing because he was just slurring his words. And he, he went on and on and on. It was really funny. Like it, oh, He obviously didn't mean it to be funny, but because he was so pissed and he was yeah. outside the green room, right? And yeah. it went to Zara then. And you're thinking, right, she's just going to roll her eyes and think, oh, God, sorry about Mike, but, you know, raise as much money as you can. Then she started going on and on and on. It was incredible. It was honestly, it was, it was like brilliant. Partridge. You couldn't, you couldn't have scripted it. But the best was uh, Rob Wainwright. Yeah, he's on, a, he's on his sofa at home, right? And he's got some, he's got some, some baby chicks on his chest, right? Just, you know, he lives on a farm, okay, a working farm. He's got his dogs next to him, and he goes, he's like, sorry, I can't be there, but I've got my chicks, my bitches. And someone holds up a cat from behind the sofa and my pushy. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a worldie. And then they showed some of the retakes of it as well. And he's just he's trying to say it but he can't. He goes You're laughing too much. With my chicks. And he's like touching his chicks and he puts his hand down to the sofa and he's tickling his dogs. My bitches and my pushy. <laughs> like the cat's just being forced up behind the sofa. <laughs> He did one the year before when he he pulls a, a lamb out. He's lambing, pulls a lamb out of a of a sheep, <laughs> and then turns to the camera covered in blood. Um, but yeah, I'll try and tweet it so you can join in the laughter. Do that. All right, I do that. Anyway, all right, lad. Um, you have a good week. And uh, by the way, the, the, just before before we go, Dai Lama's best one is he doctored Izzy Falau's post, and it says, "Warning: drunks, homosexual, adulterers, liars." Fornicators, thieves, atheists, idolaters, hell awaits you. Bring condoms and a GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> ah, too good. What a muppet. Oh, if only All we right. knew who Dai Lama was, eh? I know, I know. He probably listens to this podcast. But um, those of you who went to Hong Kong, get well soon. And you know, I'll see you in um well done, boy. See everyone. Bye. Well done. 